Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. How are you breathing right now? Do you feel your feet on the floor? Do you feel the your palms, your heels? Is your jaw relaxed? Just take a couple inhales and exhales. Get get settled in. Cozy up. I appreciate you joining me. For another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Today we're going, to, we're going to cover a lot of things. But most primarily we'll be talking about relationships. And more specifically, how to have influence in your relationships. And it's something that's not really talked about. But when we're in a relationship, whether it's with our boss or with a significant other, we definitely want to feel like, we're heard, we're seen, we have an effect. So we're going to talk about how to have influence. And this isn't, an, you know, we're not talking about manipulation, how to get over, how to have it your way. But to feel like we have a voice in our relationships. And because this allows us to feel more connected, to feel more intimate. You know, when we look at suicide rates, it's, uh, you know, part of it is feeling like a burden and feeling hopeless in a relationship or feeling like the other person's going to leave you. And, you know, if we learn how to communicate more effectively, if we, if we feel like we can share things and discuss things that have an impact in and on the relationship and on each other, then it, it, it lessens that weight that heaviness that we can sometimes walk around with. Today is uh, February 24th, and, you know, for the past few days, I've been I've been carrying a weight on my shoulders. I cried three times uh, in the past couple days, tears, just in the shower, bawling my eyes out, just out of nowhere. You know, those sandstorms, they, they can just hit you. Whenever they feel like it. And um, so I had a few sandstorms and I had to sit with myself because I realized that, you know, you, you can't you can't run away from it. You can't drown it in alcohol, food, drugs, sex. You can't numb it with uh, TV or Candy Crush. At some point, you have to sit with the emotions. So I sat at the laptop, opened up uh, Penzu, my online journal. This is not an ad for Penzu. I'm just uh, sharing with you my process. And I just started, I started journaling. I just started writing. And I actually um, Googled how to handle carb cravings, even though I just released an episode uh, you know, last week or or actually this week, Monday, Monday or Sunday or Monday, about you know sugar cravings. I still, I was just too in my emotions, too in my head, 
I couldn't think, and I, I just needed a quick visual blueprint, and um, I found a website, and it was like, here are the five reasons why you crave uh, carbs. And, and the reason why I Googled that, because part of my pain was the shame. I could just feel myself wanting to uh, gravitate towards food and donuts and cupcakes and like that's my drug that's my alcohol that's my uh those are my painkillers and so i i googled you know why am i having such a intense carb carb craving a sugar craving not even a carb craving a, a sugar craving and uh you know the first thing that came up was stress so i, I Open up my journal and I wrote down, all right, stress, number one. I go, okay, that makes sense for me. That resonates. And I continued to list out the things that I was feeling stressed out about. And I have to tell you, as I started to really label and name and bring to the surface and bring awareness to the, the different, I have my family coming in. From out of town, there are some transitional things. I'm, I'm in the middle of a move. Uh, there's some things to celebrate, but you know, because of the pandemic, can't really celebrate it the way I. It, and there's just there's a, just a number of things that, on the surface, I actually thought I was handling quite well, but clearly my <laughs> my intermittent people talk about intermittent fasting. My intermittent tears my <laughs> when you're crying in the shower you're like all right I gotta I gotta I gotta sit down with myself and and mind you I have a therapist and I have a couple's therapist and you know I I, I have a team I have a, a bunch of things but um but some at the end of the day we still have to do the work and be willing to sit with ourselves and and get curious about What's happening? You know, why um, and why and uh, what are the causes and the triggers? And, and, and what was beautiful is as I start to list out the things that were uh, stressing me um, and also, you know, social media. I put a timer on my cell phone so that it, it logs me out after 10 minutes on Instagram. Uh, yeah, because I saw one day I was on there for like 30 minutes. I was like, for what? For what? There's there's nothing on Instagram that I need to be uh, looking at or scrolling through for 30 minutes, right? It's it's not <laughs> it's not a it's not a piece of classic fiction. It's just photos. Um, so I wrote it out, and as as soon as I started to label what I was feeling, I, I immediately felt. 10 times more calmer, more present. Uh, I began to feel more grounded. And, and the thing is, I realized I'm, I'm not very good at recognizing when I'm stressed. That's part of the beauty of meditation is you, you sit there and you're like, you know, there's a, there's a struggle to get to the mat or to sit with yourself. But then when you do it, you're like, oh, I was, I was holding on to a lot. <laughs> you 
because you start to feel your traps relax and your jaw uh, relax and that space between your eyebrows begins to soften and you notice you're taking longer inhales and exhales and you're like, wow, I, I, there, was a, there was a lot going on there. So I sat down and I listed all the things that were stressing me out and then um, started to immediately feel calmer, more present, and, and, and it all started to feel manageable. That was the thing is part of that overwhelm was I was keeping it all in my head and, and then it started to look very manageable. And it allowed me to, to talk to Michelle and, and share some things and, um, you know, just connect and, and bond in a, in a way that um, I probably wouldn't have been able to if I had just kept it all in my head. So I say that so that um, we understand that there, there is no final destination with mental health. There is no, all right, I've, I've read the books, I've done the journaling, and they, I got some vitamin D, and, uh, you know, I saw a therapist, and um, um, we're done here, right? Nope. <laughs> not, not even, it's just, it's just part of the journey. It's just part of the journey. So uh, to figure out what systems and strategies and, and people, what, who are the people that, you want to take on this ride with you, you know, that that's what's important. So I did some journaling, uh, cried some tears and, and then it all started to feel manageable. Um, and we are all going through this, you know, I was, you know, scrolling through the internet and, and, uh, Jodie Foster, I don't know if you remember Jodie Foster. She's been in some incredible films. Alien is one of my favorites. And even she was sharing her struggle about, and uh, here's a quote from Jodie Foster. She said, it's not that I'm not in touch with my feelings. It's that I'm scared of what happens when I show them. Right, right. She said, continuing on, I want to be seen, understood deeply, and to not be very, not so very lonely. So here's Jodie Foster who, you know, with her accolades, with all the movies she's been in, um, all the work that she's done, she's still talking about moments where she feels lonely, right? We, a lot of people are losing their jobs right now. And we tend to think that, oh, if I had a job, if I had money, if I were rich, then, um, I, you know, people, nobody, I won't feel lonely. I won't feel empty inside or, that there, uh, there won't be a, a cold vacuum. And, and Jodie Foster, who was in Silence of the Lambs, I've, if you've seen Silence of the Lambs, she was Clarice, right? And Contact and, and Taxi Driver, it's an incredible career, still feeling lonely. And so there is no, is, is, so we, we tend to think about if we have these external things, then we'll get these internal rewards. But the, the truth is, is like how I sat down with myself and my emotions. It's always available to us. 
that feeling of calm, that feeling of peace, the feeling of connection. It's available to us no matter whether we have a job or not, whether we're married or not, whether uh, we're rich or not, whether we have a million friends or not. It can, it can resonate from the inside. And that, that doesn't mean don't go get a job now. That don't mean, <laughs> I mean, we got bills to pay, right? There's there are car notes to be taken care of, obviously, but know that we're all in a struggle. And there's a, another guy, Chase Bryant, who's a, a, a music star, right? And he was talking about how in 2018 he had a suicide attempt. And, of course, I'm not going to share with you what the attempt was, but just know that um, there was an attempt, and uh, the, the uh, attempt uh, fortunately um, was uh it didn't um, execute the way he had uh, planned it. And, uh, you know, he realized in that moment, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to correct it and, and jump right back into another attempt. He sat there with himself and he said, quote, life's too short. Don't make it any shorter. It ain't worth it. We all have something to be thankful for, right? Looking back at it now, it's so weird. You're so dark. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to get my stuff together so I can help somebody else. End quote. And that's Chase Bryant. And, and he was saying that in a New York Times newspaper. And, and I bring that up to say that, you know, those moments where you've, you've thought about, you know, ending your life. You know, here's a guy who attempted and he looked at himself and he's like, life's short. Don't, you know, don't make it any shorter. And he's like, all right. He goes, and I love that he mentioned that. He goes, it's so weird. You're so dark, right? Such a dark place. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to get my stuff together. It's almost Sarah Silverman mentioned this, that the the idea of of ending your life that's the difference between that space and then the space of, okay, got to get my stuff together. It's, it's almost whimsical. It's, it's, uh, and, and there's two definitions of it, so people don't like that word. But I, I like that she used the word whimsical because it's fleeting. As Chase said, one moment you're so dark and then the next minute you're like, okay, got to do the laundry, got to make the donuts. But just a moment ago, and and you've seen that. Like, if you live places, like, you know, I'm in San Diego, so it doesn't happen that much. But, you know, when you're out there in a country, you've seen those days where it it's, you know, noon and it's dark because the sun's behind all these clouds. And then all of a sudden the cloud, the, the sun peeks through and then it's bright. It's so bright. And then the clouds keep moving and it's dark again and then it's bright. And, and it's almost ridiculous the, the difference between um, the sun, you know, shining through and then the sun, uh, you know, being hidden behind uh, the, the clouds. It's, it's that quick. So if, if we can just hold on until, 
and, and, and let, the, the, let the clouds move past. Because the sun's been shining, baby, for, you know, billions of years. And uh, it's, it's going to be here for a little while longer, right? Uh, even in Japan, there was, you know, there's been an increase in suicidality. And one of the, the, the stars, NAO, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm, I'm assume it's now or no. But she was talking about how when she was in that dark place, you know, she uh, had lost her job. She was losing her apartment. She was losing her family. It just, it just felt like she was losing everything. And, and then she checked herself into a hospital, got on meds, right? And now she has a manageable job, right? Before, she, she had the job that she thought that uh, would make her parents proud and, and everybody else proud, but it was so stressful. It was too overwhelming. It, it was exhausting. And after she left the treatment place, she made a change in her life. A lot of people who are hospitalized um, the first time when they leave, they go, they fall right back into their old routines. And, and that's why, you know, the, the effectiveness of being hospitalized uh, is, is so low. It, you, you really have to take that time inside and figure out what are the changes that you need to make on the outside, whether it's moving um, so that you're not surrounded by the same people or a different job or whatever that is. And I know that's a challenge for a lot of people, but to really be intentional and have a plan um, about what, what you're going to change in your life and, and what direction you're going to move towards when you leave the hospital, right? Because especially now with this pandemic, so many people have like a fear of financial dependence and there's hopelessness and that, you know, you don't want to be a burden. I completely get that. And a lot of women are struggling from home, managing the kids, protecting the elderly. Uh, and then if they're taking care of grandparents, right? Because the expectations put on us don't change with this, with this, with this pandemic. Um, but, uh, but we lose contact with our friends and our support gets diminished. We, you know, we start to be feel and, and be more isolated. So we, we have to have compassion for ourselves about what's changing in the world. And then sitting down with ourselves to figure out what's manageable, right? What's that serenity prayer? God grant me the wisdom to accept things and change. What I, I don't know what it is. But check out the serenity prayers uh, for the AA folks out there. Um, and there's an app called Bloast, B-L-O-S-T-E. I'm going to say that again, B-L-O-S-T-E, Bloast. It's for people who want to call and just blow off steam, right? For you to be able to express your needs and blow off steam. So check out that app, B-L-O-S-T-E, allows you to just check in and blow off some steam. All right, let's get into it. So as I mentioned, uh, today's episode is going to be about you like, man, I've been listening for 20 minutes already. We haven't gotten into the relationship. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. 
So when we're talking about relationships and having an influence on the people we're with, and like I said, we're not talking about manipulation. We're not talking about being passive aggressive. We're talking about feeling like we're, we're equal partners, like the relationship is collaborative, right? So that we can bring up the things that we, we want to bring up and share all of the pieces of us. So like Jodie Foster said, you know, to feel seen and heard and understood and, and not have to worry about our emotions and, and thoughts and feelings when we express ourselves, right? So there are three E's of influence, right? The first E is explain, you know? Um, explain is like to explain why uh, you, you want something. You know, it's like, for example, you could say, uh, you know, when you go into buildings, they'll say, cl- close the door behind you. And a lot of people don't even follow those rules. But then there are some places that will put up a sign and say, please keep the door closed as it regulates the air conditioning. And then more people comply. Why? Because they explained why. A lot of times we're asking for things. We're, we're expressing our needs and our wants and our desires. And we don't really explain why. We think the other person should just know. They should just be able to read my mind and get it. You know, why else would I want this? And the truth is, is you're an individual. There are a million individuals, so there are a million whys. And your why can change over time. So what your why was, uh, you know, before kids or before the move or, you know, before you got in your 50s or 30s or whatever, that could change. And so uh, if, if you are struggling to have influence in your relationship, make sure that you're clear on why, you know, be as clear as please keep, uh, keep the door closed as it regulates the air conditioning. Michelle used to work in um, a restaurant business. She had a company and a lot of the employees would leave the freezer door open. And because, you know, they were in and out and it was just easier because I don't know if like those industrial freezer doors are massive and they're hard to pull open. And so because they left it open, the, the engine or whatever for the fridge to keep it uh, cold and, and frozen, it would burn out because it would have to work, you know, 100 times extra with the door open. And so, and it's expensive to replace one of those, thousands and thousands of dollars. And then there's also time lost. And so now Michelle has a big thing about refrigerator doors open because the refrigerator door that we have, it isn't just shut. You know, like you got to shut it. You got to you got to impose your will on the door. And because she shared that story with me and explained it to me of why it's such a big deal. And uh, now I get it. You know, I, I didn't I didn't think about the cost of, you know, the, the refrigerator door being slightly ajar. I, and, and plus, like it's a, it's a new refrigerator. So, I'm, so anyway, but the explanation helps us to have an influence. So get clear on specifically why and don't don't be walking in with 10 whys and this is why and that is why and that is why and and, 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 and get clear on that one what's the main why what's the main 
reason? What's the thing that you're going to hang your hat on to uh, express this, all right? The second uh, E of influence is exploration, right? And, and that means that you're taking time to see things from the other person's perspective, right? A lot of times we don't explore. We just go, I'm right, you're wrong, end of conversation, versus approaching the conversations from a place of curiosity. Okay, yeah, you might be right. However, even if you're right, the conversation is an opportunity for you to learn how the other person processes things, how they see things, how they what, what their perspective is, what is guiding their decision-making. Because the, the more that you learn about that and the more that you explore that and, and become an adventurer into who the other person is, um, then the, 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 the more communication you'll have, but also the less communication you'll have. And what I mean by less is that as you, you explore more, especially early on in the relationship, then as the relationship progresses, there'll be less that needs to be said because you have such a, a wealth of foundation of information about each other that it, it, it just hits a point where you two are, are rocking and rolling. Now, of course, relationships have their ups and downs and there are hormonal changes that take place and chemical changes. And, and there's so many things that, you know, if you have a baby, all these things that can happen that, that can change things. So you always want to check in with each other periodically. However, the more you communicate, then, quote, unquote, the less you'll have to communicate because you'll, you'll just know what the other person likes to eat. Like Michelle orders for me nine out of ten times. Like she, she knows what daddy wants, right? Did I just call myself daddy? Well... So the second E of influence is explore, explore each other, you know, explore. And another way you could explore is to, you know, uh, childhood memories. Uh, you know, when there were two, what was kindergarten like, high school? Just even randomly exploring so that uh, you have more of an understanding. And then when you uh, are talking to their friends, you know, if you meet the friends or, or family members, to really ask questions about them, uh, you know, from their youth, so so that you get a broader picture of the person you're in a relationship with, so that you can connect more and have more things to talk about. But you know, approach things from a place of exploration and influence, and you know, uh, and why, and before before you start pontificating as to why you're right and uh, or why I'm right and you're wrong. The third E of influence is empowerment, right? Empower. So empowerment comes from collaborating, you know? So like after you've brought something up, you can say, hey, all right, where do we go from here? How do, or how do we move past this? Or, you know, if you were in my position, what would you do about this? Uh, how can I help you with this? What would you be willing to do? So empowering each other of, of like, what's that, what's that middle ground? You know, how do we, you got to throw that we in. You know, that uh, we, it's indicative of teamwork, of, of, of group work, of collaboration, of we're both in this. And it also lets the other person know that you're willing to put in effort. You're not just bringing this up and dumping it on the other person. It's like, how do we 
figure this out. You know, oftentimes I, I sit down with Michelle and and I realize uh, some of the things that have been stressing me out are be, because I've been trying to figure it all out myself. And I was like, hold on, I got I got this this other person, this whole human being with a wealth of experience and knowledge and uh, and life lessons that I can bounce my ideas off of. So, uh, you know, collaborate, empower, let the other person know that you want to be on this journey with them in resolving this and you're not expecting them to just figure it out on their own, right? It's like, how, how do we, how do I support you in this? So the three E's of influence, once again, are explain, explore, and empower. These are, these are so crucial. Um, and as you, you get more adept at this, what will happen is in your relationship and relationships, and you can do this at work too. This isn't just for romantic relationships. This is for work and your colleagues and your friends and all that. Cause you know, so many people on Facebook have so many friends who are canceling friends and uh, 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 you know, they're, they're just uh, putting people on the back burner and, and family members also. It's like, Come on, just explain, explore, empower. Let's get with the three E's. Because when we get better at the three E's, then what happens is trust is becomes, uh, it, it gets built up. And you get this wealth of trust so that, you know, in the future when, when you do uh, go off the rails a little bit, fall off the tracks, whatever, you have so much trust built up that, that your relationship becomes more buoyant. Yes, buoyant. It, it becomes harder to, to sink. It becomes harder to drown. It becomes harder to separate and dissolve. And, and, and it becomes harder for anybody else or anything else to come between you. You become more resilient and it, you, you develop more grit. And, uh, you, you know, you build up this, 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 these layers of trust. And because trust is really believing the other person will act in our own best interest. So now I don't have to know where you are all the time or what you're doing all the time because I trust that you're acting in our in our own best interest and not just your own best interest, right? Um, and so as we develop more trust in each other, then we begin to have more influence on each other, right? That way we begin to sit and listen more. A lot of times when people shut down and don't they'll be like, I don't want to hear it, it's because they don't they don't trust that you're you're coming from uh you don't have their they're both uh you know you don't have both interests at heart. You're you're looking out for yourself or, or looking out for somebody else. The trust has been broken. So we get back to those three E's and then we can build that trust and then we can sit with each other and uh, and figure it out. It's like I had to trust myself when I was crying and in tears and in sandstorms that, all right, Leo, we've been here before. We, we know that I, I built a relationship with journaling, right? I trust that when I sit down to journal, when I sit down to write, that I'm going to feel calmer. I'm going to feel more centered. I'm going to, you know, it, it's going to bring me clarity, because it's happened so many times. So if, if I go to journaling instead of uh, food or sex or drugs or 
uh, or just, you know, something, you know, numbing out with television. Um, I begin to build a, a wealth of trust. And then I, I know I got this friend over here that I can lean on and that will listen to me and hear me. And, and there won't be any judgment, right? That's very empowering. And as we, we, we build trust in our relationships, with that comes forgiveness, right? Uh, when, when you say something or do something or share something, and uh, we, we forgive a lot more easily because forgiveness builds the, the relationship, but that, that trust has been there and the conversations have been there. And so I understand more of why you did X, Y, and Z versus catastrophizing what you've done, right? Sometimes we go off the rails a little bit, and then uh, the other person thinks it's the end of, of us and it's the end of the world and, and how could you do this? And, and, and it gets blown up and out, way, way out of proportion. And it's just because the trust isn't there. And, but the trust isn't there because there hasn't been enough communication. There hasn't been enough sitting down and, and explaining to each other our whys and um, and exploring with each other, um, you know, the, uh, each other's perspective and, and empowering each other. It, you know, it, when the person feels empowered, then they go, and then you go off the tracks, the other person goes, oh, okay, we can get back on. We got this. We've been here before. So the three E's leads to trust. And that trust uh, allows us to, to uh, forgive. And then when we feel forgiven, you know, that, that leads to compassion because we need forgiveness for relationships and to have influence. We need compassion, you know, so we can forgive ourselves. And then we also need that humility, right? Right? Now, humility is a word that doesn't really come up much, but uh, humility is like, so. Humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less, right? So that's what humility is. It's not, it's not that I, I think you're better than me. It's just that um, I think we're on, a, we're on the same page, and I'm thinking about the bigger picture, right? It's an, in, it's an increase in the valuation of others without, the, without a decrease in the value of ourselves. I'm going to say that again. Humility is an increase in the valuation of others, like it's a, like how you think about your spouse or your employees or your coworkers. You, humility allows you to see their value and to say they're so valuable. Like when you see a diamond or gold, you're like, wow, this is so valuable. Or uh, in Michelle's case, a Louis Vuitton purse. We're not going to get into that. Um, but humility is an increase in the valuation of others without a decrease in the value of oneself. So I can put you up on a pedestal and still not uh, think of myself lower than you, right? Um, and, and so when we have humility in a relationship and, and forgiveness and compassion, because a lot of times we, we get into a relationship and we think of the person as less than uh they're just not, they, they can't, they always screw this up. They never get anything right. 
They're, you know, they're always dropping the ball on this and that. And so when you feel like that about your significant other, about your partner or the people you're working with, then let me ask you this. Do you think that's going to increase or decrease your communication with that person? It's going to decrease it. And, and it's going to decrease the, the level of effective communication you have with that person, especially. So you may actually increase your communication with that person, but it'll be more in the lines of directives of telling the person what to do instead of collaborating with that person because you think that they are less than. So in your relationships, ask yourself, are you, are you always telling the other person what to do because they're, they're less than and you don't think that they can uh, figure it out? You guys you don't think you two can uh, work on this together? Or are you collaborating and empowering the other person um, in your relationship? So, so that's huge, is to have humility, forgiveness, and compassion. And, and these are ways that we have influence. You know, to, if you tell somebody what to do and they do it, that's not, that's not really uh, influence. That's, that's uh, authoritarian. Uh, and then it could even get into a place where it could be abusive or a dictatorship. So to, to, to always come from a mindset of humility of like, I'm sharing this with you and I want us to discuss this because I value you and I value the relationship, right? Because if, you, if you're walking around with resentment and anger, no bueno. That it's, uh, what, what we hang on to hangs on to us. Oh, yeah, let me say that again. What we hang on to hangs on to us. And I've learned this in relationships when we talk about influence, that uh, the more that, especially men, because we're so bad, men typically, um, you know, we, we, don't, we, we don't fall into the self-care. We're not the self-care, uh, we're not the target of self-care companies too often. Um, and, and women come in and want us to go to the doctor and, and, and do all this stuff. And Michelle has been a godsend in that, uh, I've, I've seen more doctors this year than I have in my entire life time, just getting checkups and making sure everything's going to get me to a hundred, you know, and I would not have done this by myself, but, you know, I read somewhere that, you know, men who are open to being influenced by their women in their lives have a happier relationship. Now, influence not is not being told what to do, but it's taking into account what they're talking about and then having a discussion about it versus uh, you know, just shutting down or stonewalling or avoiding topics altogether. It's like allow allow yourself to be influenced by your partner. And you can do that by, you know, through conversation or through observation. There are things that I see Michelle doing and I go, oh, I should do that. She gets, you know, she gets a massage very frequently. She goes to acupuncture. She does all these different things to take care of herself. And I recognize I actually need more of that. Even when I think I don't need it, when I go and then I leave, I go, oh, yeah, I needed that. I, I absolutely needed that. So. Allow yourself to be influenced by the person you're with. And, and it actually, and that shows a level of trust also, right? Now, the more we allow ourselves to be influenced, the more influence we have. 
Let me say that again. The more we allow ourselves to be influenced, the more influence we have. And the reason is, is if one side shuts down, what do you think the other side is going to do? They're going to shut down. And then it becomes this back and forth of shutting down. It's almost like, uh, you know, two companies, uh, you know, right, two businesses who are right next door to each other, and they slowly just start cutting the lights off in, in each store. You know, they, they start off with all the lights on. They're both bright. And then the, the, the one owner looks over at the other owner. They hate each other for whatever reason. Maybe they're, they're competing bars or whatever. And then they just start shutting down lights. They're like, oh, you're going to shut your light? I'm going to shut my light off. And then they shut that. And, and now all of a sudden all the lights are off. And then guess what? The customers aren't coming in. And they just their world becomes very small and very dark. So don't shut the lights off. Keep the, keep the lights on, both you know, metaphorically and figuratively and, and literally. Keep the, keep the lights on. Keep, how are you going to read? How are you going to read? I, I, I got I to gotta explore the outside more. Compassion. I want to talk about compassion just a little bit. And compassion, um, it, it's a way of us eliminating suffering of others, of others' uh, temperament and experience and values, beliefs, and habits. Um, that is, I wrote that down, and I'm reading it as I'm talking to you, and I realize that is not exactly how I want to say that. That is not even close to, um, but and I meant to say it as compassion helps us eliminate the suffering of others um, because it allows us to take in a person's experience, their values, their beliefs, their habits, and their temperament. And that's how I meant to say that. And I'm not going to edit it out. I want you to hear that everything isn't perfect, but you just have to keep going anyway. Uh, so when we when we have compassion for ourselves, and going back, you know, to when I was crying and um, just feeling in despair, I took a moment. I was like, all right, Leo, well, you know, what are you going through, buddy? What's going on? You know, I talked to my, my nine-year-old self, and I said, you know, what are you experiencing? And, and, and what are your beliefs? Do you believe that everything's falling apart? Or are you, did you do anything? What were your habits that led up to this? I started to click through. And I was like, well, you know, I, I didn't get enough sleep last night. So I know when I don't get sleep, uh, I, I'm very emotional. Like I, I'm undone. If I, I, had, I had like five hours sleep and uh, it just undoes me. And then I recognized I was consuming more sugar than I typically was. I was putting it in my smoothies. Uh, you know, not sugar, but like fruit. I was putting a lot of extra fruit in my smoothies. And so I just started to click through what habits have changed. What habits, what was I doing? What behaviors was I participating in? Was I um, was I involved in? That's not the word I was looking for. Um, that that helped lead up to this moment. And then, what am I believing about what's happening right now uh, that's contributing? And you know, and I start to just click through all these different things. And and that's why uh, you know I was able to bring myself to the the laptop instead of uh, punishing myself with. Uh, food, sex, drugs, or, or what have you, or rock and roll, you know? So when we have, um, 
when we have compassion for ourselves, it allows the best in me to speak about the best in you. Yeah, no. So last part about developing deep influence in relationships is that I want you to know if like any married couples are out there, uh, couples who divorce are low in fondness, right? They're high in negativity. They're low in newness and weeness, I mean, and high in chaos, low in glorifying struggle, high in disappointment. So I want to I wanna un- unpack this a little bit, right? Couples who are low in fondness and high in negativity. And, and usually you're not fond of each other because you don't have enough shared experiences, right? You're not, you're not spending enough time with each other to see each other in uh, the, the bright light, to see each other shine. And you can get those, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge during the pandemic, but you can get that by uh, through volunteer work or group projects that you're both, excuse me, that you're both a part of, whether it's uh, reading to children or Habitats for Humanity or just even doing, you know, construction on a house where you're both working on a thing together. It's like to find those areas or, or it even be cooking or barbecuing, but just having those areas that you both uh, are collaborating on or working on or building on together. Um, right now we're building a, 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 a gym and a garage. And so Michelle and I are collaborating on that and, and putting up a, a, a bookshelf. So, you know, it, it, as you start to have more projects um, together and, and things that you're building together, it could even be, you know, raising children, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you need those things. We watched this um, couple on YouTube called Kara and Nate. I think it's called Kara and Nate. And they were sharing how they need a goal together. And so their goal right now is to travel to all 50 states in a van. And they're going to do that. So they, uh, they, they got their thing that they, they get to, to do and build and document, and, and that'll be cool, right? So you, you, to have those things that remind you of, of the times that you've spent together and the things that you've done together, maybe even make a, um, what is that, a, a what, collage book or something with all those memories, you know, from the year or the month or what have you, so that you can flip through it, so that you're reminded of, uh, of all the, those those fond memories and those moments of weeness and um, and glorifying the struggle. I really want to highlight that it talks about low and glorifying struggle. So a lot of times when we get into a struggle, we we demonize like this is awful, this sucks. But there's a way to glorify it and be like, all right, this is a struggle. But but we can get through this. We got this. We, you know, it's it's good to struggle. It's good to have challenges because this this is how we'll grow. And so to talk about the benefits of going through a struggle and instead of demonizing the struggles and challenges, you can see a struggle as an opportunity to learn, grow, and become close, right? Because as you become, uh, as you go through, you don't want to go through too many struggles too often, right? You need, you need some time to recover from a struggle. It's just like a workout. You need time to recover from your workout. So if you've gone through a few struggles 
and they've been back to back or on top of each other, ask yourself, hey, are we are we fully recovered? Have we taken a time to really check in with ourselves? Do we need a vacation? Do we need do I need to go on a trip and you go on a trip somewhere? Recovery, recovery, recovery. If you're going from struggle to struggle to struggle, it becomes a challenge. It becomes hard to breathe. So make sure you're taking the time to recover and make sure you're planning the time to recover, to schedule the time to recover. Just don't wait for somebody to give you a vacation or tell you to take a day off or for your calendar to just be magically emptied. Take the time to recover. And whether that means going to get a massage or foam rolling or just walking on a beach, laying out on a beach, find space to recover and schedule it. Put it in your planner. It could be three months from now. Schedule time to recover together or apart, whatever it is. Figure it out. And I think we're going to end there. I hope that this uh, podcast was uh, enlightening and encouraging and, most importantly, empowering, right? Um, and uh, you can always go to thrivewithleo.com if you're striving, if you're striving, striving. <laughs> if you if you're killing it at work, right? If you're climbing up that corporate ladder, you you're thriving at the job, but uh, you feel alone at home. That it, it's there's there's a, a lack of purpose and meaning to what you're doing. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. And remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you being proactive about your health and I don't I don't like that word mental health because it makes it sound like it's everything you're going through is all in your head and it's, it's not true so you know call the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK if you just need to talk remember there's that at B-L-O-S-T-E Bloast where if you just need to blow off some steam use the app and remember there are a list of international uh, numbers in all the show notes. So if you're in Sri Lanka or Budapest or Hungary or the Ukraine or, or uh, Kairos or Antarctica, there are maybe not Antarctica. That was a bit, uh, I mean, anyway, so uh, check out the show notes for, uh, you know, resources you can call, contact, email, chat with, group up, and, and just know that um, there's someone somewhere who's ready to listen and sit with you in the dark. Let's get to tomorrow together.